What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells, and it's time for another edition of the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. We are in a very interesting time because with the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Draft Guide that Howard Bender leads and heads up that are going to help us win all those fantasy football championships coming out very, very soon. So with that, let's get our mind right so we can get our grind right when it comes to fantasy football. Ryan Hallam is still eating his way through Italy and drinking all of the Italian wine, and they're going to have a wine shortage at that point. So you just got me and Selsey. What's up, Sels? I'm good. I didn't have to go to Italy to eat pizza. I grilled twice. I grilled pizza twice this weekend on my grill, just like I told you. Oh, yeah, happy belated Father's Day. How, how was it? How was the grilled pizza? Uh, the grilled pizza was outstanding. The girls loved it. Uh, I also made rotisserie chicken wings, which I showed you on Twitter, I believe. Okay. And my eldest, who is one of those kids that doesn't like food if it's in a different shape. <laughs> um, so she'll eat chicken nuggets. But if you get her like a different shape chicken nugget, then she's not so sure about it. Right. She went nuts for the chicken wings. Like I pulled the meat off the bone at first and she liked it and then she wanted to try it on the bone and then she ate an entire wing on the bone which i was very impressed with wow um, look at that yeah it's your it's your grilling man i know you love to grill i love to grill i got omaha steaks for my yep. father's day here no shameless plug or anything i'm just freaking excited because all i've been hearing my entire life about steaks and meat is that these Omaha steaks are the OG of butcher and cuts and everything like that. And with the way they're maintained, I'm so excited. I'm going to be all over the grill. I'm talking burgers. I'm talking dogs. I'm talking steaks this Sunday, man. I don't even care. It could be freaking raining and lightning. Nothing is going to stop me this weekend from grilling some meat cells. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, man. I Like, when I'm in a grilling mood, I will set up a tent over my grill and, <laughs> and sit there and try not to get smoke inhalation while I'm grilling. But yeah, yeah, the Omaha steaks are quite, quite delicious. Uh, I have been giving you some tips this week on how best to set them up and cook them and, you know, don't need very much on those babies. But yeah, it's, it's been an outstanding weekend of grilling. Um, saw Lightyear on Father's Day. It was all right. I mean, I'm not going to say it was it was great. I thought there was some like if you're expecting it to be a throwback to like Toy Story, it's not. I, everyone's expecting it to be a throwback. To yeah, Toy Story. it's not. It's the origin story of Buzz Lightyear, basically. Um, Who cares? Woody is better. I mean, it was very good, but I will say if you have young kids, I might avoid it because there's some scarier parts to it. Interesting. Um, but my kids acted nicely and, and were well-behaved on Father's Day, which is about all I can uh, ask for. That's, the, that's better than a macaroni necklace, I'll tell you that much, Sells. Yeah, so, and they got me an apron. Uh, I tweeted that. I saw that. Grilling apron that was awesome. And uh, I used it that night to go make some pizzas, which they all which they all wanted and enjoyed. Grilling, man. Grilling. See, that's the thing. Since that was my pandemic hobby that I picked up. I'd always, I love watching the Food Network. I, I just love having it on in the background. And I said, you know what? I, I've always wanted to cook. Let me pick this up. I picked it up very quickly. I went to the local butcher. It was almost like I conducted a radio show when I went to the local butcher because I asked a thousand questions. There was no one else in the butcher. 
And it, I learned so much. I've read a lot about meats. And I, I mean, just cooking people food just makes me happy. That's why I like doing it. Just it makes me happy being able to cook others food. I'm a weirdo like that. Well, Plus, it was also like, I, so my wife was very gracious when we moved into this house last year. Uh, I hadn't had a grill at our apartment because I wasn't. It wasn't really up to fire code to grill at an apartment building, which kind of makes sense, right? Um, so I wanted a real nice grill and one that could do a little bit of everything. So she was gracious, and uh, I used part of my fantasy baseball winnings from last year to buy a very nice uh, grill. And she was like, "Look, my only deal with you is you have to actually use it. You can't buy it because it's." you know, you want it now and then not use it. And so I've been trying to keep up with that promise. And it turns out my kids love when I grill. So that makes it even better. And my neighbors love when I grill. So that makes it even better too. So <laughs> <laughs> they smell the food. They're like, Ooh, the cells family. I could get a free meal here. There we In go. In fact, I, I, I rotisserie cooked eight pounds of wings for the Super Bowl for a neighbor's Super Bowl party. And they came back from getting stuff and drove past my house and saw all the smoke and first they thought my house was on fire and then they remembered that I was grilling for the party and then they were less concerned because they were like oh it's probably just his his grill and not his house on fire yeah thank god at least you got neighbors who care which is awesome but yeah. speaking of caring we care about helping you win titles in 2022 in fantasy football and where can we begin? We could go over ADPs, but we're going to be doing that all summer, going over average draft positions. You'll be reading the guide. You'll be reading the rankings. You'll be going over sleepers list, bus list for potential bus. And I'll be issuing the ADP TV videos talking about trendy players based off what the fantasy football consumers are thinking and players are thinking about certain players. So let's just start off with a little bit of an icebreaker today. And that's talking about league rules, settings, formats. This is something that it's such a simple topic, but the complexity of it, there are so many ways to do a fantasy football league, to set one up. But there's one way not to do it, Cells, and I think this is a good place to start. And that is registering your fantasy football league and then not setting up the rules at all and leaving the defaults present. And let me explain why that is. Because free sites and whether or not you would pay to play on a site for the customization factor of your league, that's something you're going to have to decide. I'm going to be full on honest with you because I have no reason to lie to any of you. I, when it comes to my leagues that I commission, I play on the free sites. I play on Yahoo. That is mine for my league. But I also do play ESPN fantasy sports as well. Here's the problem, though, with what I'm talking about, sales with defaults. On ESPN for fantasy football, if you don't change it, your league is going to have divisions. And I think divisions in fantasy football or fantasy sports outside of these 30-team leagues, I think they're freaking stupid. They shouldn't be a default. They cause lopsided teams to get into the playoffs. It doesn't fully reward those teams based off performance. You could be in the crap division and have it a little bit above 500 record and get a top division spot. Whereas in the other division, you got about four teams over 500 and two of them aren't going to make it. 
You got to change the default cells right away, not wait until the night before where you'll forget to do it and you'll miss something. Completely agree. Divisions are really stupid. I've had it both burn me and help me. So I'm talking from a guy who hasn't just been burned by them. It's also helped me, but I could see why it would piss off everybody else in my league uh, that I got in barely over 500 in a crap division. Because what happened was one division just beat the bejesus out of my division. And then I did decently in my division. So I won it because I did decently enough, right? But that gave me a top spot in the playoffs and it advanced me a little farther than I probably should have been considering the fact that I think only one team in the other division wasn't over 500, right? Um, look, in real life sports divisions matter because how else are you going to, you know, set up playoffs and, and whatnot. And, but even baseball is basically getting rid of those with a balanced schedule starting next year. Right. So for fantasy sports. Yeah, I fully agree with that. You also got to change the out being allowed on the IR. If you don't want that, because on ESPN it is default and somebody will get slapped five months later because of it. Um, so, I mean, if you're okay with that rule, that's fine by me, right? But, like, make sure everybody yeah, in your Doc league knows Peterson it. was okay with that rule. I mean, Tommy Pham was, too. He was, doing the, he was doing the same thing. It just didn't work out well for him, I guess. I don't know. And then he quit the league. Uh, the other thing is don't set your draft order by last year's standings. Oh, Don't oh, do it. Oh. Last year has no basis on – even if it's a keeper league. Even if it's a keeper or a dynasty league, this year has no basis on last year. Interesting. I, Wait, let me stop you there for a second. Even in a dynasty league, yes. for a rookie draft, you think it should still be randomized? I think it should be randomized, or you could do the, um, oh, what the heck's the abbreviation, where you, you basically put in your top choices right. for... The KBS, right? Isn't that what it I, – I think it's the KBS system. Um, it's like what Scott Fishbowl does. Right, and what NFBC does for baseball drafts um, where you put in your, you know, your chosen spots and then it randomizes the order and whoever – like if you're first in the order but you've put your preferred spot as 12th then you get 12th and then – if the right. second team in the order had their preferred spot as 12, they get their second preferred spot, right? So, um, no, I am, like, in reality, I understand why they inverse the standings, right? Because theoretically, there's not as much turnover, so the worst team should get the most help if you really want to make it balanced. No, I think say, every, every league should have a lottery, because then it will discourage tanking. Well, yeah. That's a different discussion. But for fantasy, let's say I crushed it and and I was set up to win and then everybody on my team got hurt in the second half of the season and I didn't do well. And so now I'm sitting at the fourth overall pick, but I really had the best draft. Why, sh why should the two matter? Um, so, yes, even for keepers and dynasties um, – it should, I mean, preferably it'd be auction, but uh, yeah, the previous year should not influence draft order at all. Yeah, I'm in a league like that, unfortunately, and it just stinks. And it, this league has been doing it for a very long time like this, and there's no 
any kind of line to change it. And I've tried to bring it up and it's been shot down again and again. And look, at that point, you have to make a decision. If you're going to complain and bitch about it, then leave the league. Even if it is a keeper league, leave the league at that point. Because and the other the other downside is you brought up tanking. If I know I don't have a shot to make the playoffs, right. then I'm playing for next year and I'm playing to guarantee myself the, the top pick next year, which doesn't always win you your league. But in a year where you're pretty sure Jonathan Taylor is the lock of the year, and you can assure and you can assure yourself in a non-keeper situation that you get Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson, what I mean, then you're you know, then you're messing with the playoff scheme for this year because you don't care. Right. So that's the downside to that one. Yeah, it's one of those things where. You, you want it to be randomized. Why should I, for winning a championship, get punished for it? it? It shouldn't happen that way. If anything, I mean, if anything, you would think you won the championship, you would try to have some kind of power, but you don't. That's not the way it works. Because then you're giving me a line to a player control of my own destiny. The reverse order standings drafting is stupid. It's garbage. It's bad. It's on the same exact level as divisions. Now, when it comes to the whole IR outfit, that's very important because one of the biggest pains in the asses in modern-day fantasy football for commissioners, in my opinion, is having to babysit and play traffic cop and go through every team to make sure nobody is illegally stashing players on the IR who aren't on the IR. We're almost there. Sites, even the free ones, are starting to get better at creating algorithms to force teams to activate players before making roster moves. I believe there's a site or two even before making lineup moves, not only the ads and the drops, but the lineup moves as well. And that's something that if you want to not have to police it the entire time, you got to set this stuff right away. Because if you don't do it when you register the league, you're never going to do it. It's happened to me. I've effed up. I effed up my home fantasy basketball league. And I didn't let it sit. I just didn't do all of the I-dotting and T-crossing. I said, sure, I did half of it, made half the rules the way I wanted to, got it back, but I missed the detail. I discounted an IR spot in, my, in the fantasy basketball league I run, and everybody was getting on me about it, rightfully so. John Pemba's in the league, he got on me. James Grande's in the league, he got on me, rightfully so. Terrible commissioner move on my part. Don't be like me in that regard. Just do it immediately. I know you might be still deciding on league rules, but make sure you get it done and don't put yourself in a position where the night before you're now going through, or even the day of, because let's face it, everyone's going to go in the day of. Once these websites open the draft room, and even some a little before as well, so that things aren't confused, you got to get that stuff in. I'm talking keepers, especially cells, because you don't want to be on the hook when the draft room opens up and the keepers are already allotted to the rightful teams. Yep, I I completely agree. There are some sites that won't even let you swap IR for IR. They make you drop an active guy to move a guy to an active spot who was on the IR in order for you to then pick up an IR guy to move him back to the IR and then pick up another active guy. Seems like unnecessary in my opinion, but whatever. Um yeah, I'm also a fan of limiting uh, Sunday morning pickups in my what, league. What do, you, what do you mean? 
So, like, there is a league that I'm in in which you can pick a guy up all the way until 12.59 p.m. Eastern on a Sunday, right? So, if there's a guy who's inactive and you then scour the the free agent thing and because there's no waivers, you now save your fab on, you know, there's no waivers at that point in the week. You now save your fab, pick up a guy. I, I don't know. You to me, Sunday pickups are obnoxious. Like but why? Why? You don't know about these injury reports. A player randomly appears on the injury report as doubtful, and and we shouldn't have to do anything about it. If he's doubtful, he's going to be doubt listed as doubtful before Sunday morning. But sometimes status has changed. No, not as quickly as the NBA, where a guy's going to be scratched. The NBA is lightning speed. This is different. How many times have we blamed beat writers for not reporting certain information? High-powered running backs who all of a sudden are limited on snaps and we're not even told about it until ultra late. Limited on snaps is a different thing. Understand, but the point is... I'm talking about a guy... Okay, there have been several instances in this league in which a guy has been listed as doubtful for the entire week and a guy sat and did not pick anybody up because he wants to save his fab and on Sunday morning when he's then ruled inactive as he's been known to be inactive for five days goes and picks up a guy that should have cost fab that was then a free pickup that's your guys's fault for not grabbing him Limited Sunday pickups, I'm not in that boat with you. What? So what would you do? Just not be the, able to... The other, the other concern that I have, right, there are guys in our league who have to work on the weekends, right? So they make moves on Saturday night, okay? we Excuse me, we are talking fantasy football here, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure because I'm shocked I'm hearing this right now. Yeah, there are there are folks that work on Sundays in my league. Right. They're not all working professionals, nine to five, Monday through Friday guys. Right. So. If a guy is a surprise inactive or just officially an inactive and a guy who doesn't have to work on Sunday and is just sitting there scrolling Twitter endlessly, finding out the inactives 90 minutes beforehand now has a jump on the dudes that can't sit there and do that because they're working on a Sunday. In my fantasy baseball leagues, we made we made rules in which you could not pick up guys during games or certain periods because people didn't always have availability to sit there and and roster watch a guy gets injured, let's go pick him up. Right. I get that a little bit more because there are a lot more games when it comes to fantasy baseball. With fantasy football, I just don't understand how I'm in your league. And all of a sudden, on Sunday morning, Adam Schefter puts out three different notes about player statuses and players in jeopardy of not playing. And those three players happen to be on my team. And I can't do anything to replace those players because someone might be working at that time. You know who you're talking to? Yeah, I'm not a nine to yeah. five guy. I'm one of those guys working Sunday mornings. Same here. I'm producing right. the live stream. 
yeah, I understand that. But you know what? That's just the, the name of the game. Things happen. You can't protect everybody. You, you come pretty damn well I'm close. screwed. In your format, I'm screwed if all of a sudden Schefter or Rappaport, who's wrong 80% of the time, tweets out three players who are hurt all of a sudden or not playing or players who were questionable who it seemed like they were trending towards playing and now 48 hours later they're trending towards not playing. I'm screwed. I'm harsh, man. What do you want me to do about it? That's a oh, oh see, <laughs> And again, look, you know what? There are many ways to play. Obviously, you're able to field the league with this. You you have 11 other people convinced that this is a right way to do things good for you. But that's where all of you out there have to know that even though you want to play with your friends sometimes, if you think that there's a rule like that, that cells just presented, that you don't want, you just don't play in the league. Yeah. Free country. Yes. What league I, you want to be in? I just, and your league mates are totally cool with this. Well, I mean, I'm not commissioner. It was set up and I joined it. So, yeah, clearly. Wow. Uh, no one's ever brought it to the table to change that. No, I will say that it is a free, friendly league. So there's no money attached. If you wanted to do it in a money league, I'm not sure it would fly, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, but no. But it's, just, it's, no. just it's just a friendly league that sure. people just want to, like, play football or play fantasy football and not have, like, somebody have advantages over other folks. In a money league, no, I'm not sure it would fly. But in a free league? Well, even in a league for bragging rights as well, I, I just, again, I, I'm shocked right there. I mean, look, I know that there are NFFC leagues and everything where you can't make pickups. You're only able to make pickups at certain points. I understand that. But at the same time, we don't have many games to mess with when it comes to fantasy football especially if you're accounting for playoff weeks. It's just one of those things to me where injuries do happen. A player wakes up and all of a sudden his quad is sore. I can't do anything about it. You know, sells Melvin Gordon is on his way over to London and his hamstring hardens or his quad hardens. What do I, I'm screwed and it's not my fault. No, but some week oh, else, somebody else. My, this is, I, I am going to need to meditate or something. I, I can't wrap. Look, <laughs> as long as you play fantasy football, however you want to play it is fine. But that is one way that Sells and I are going to disagree. Look, it's in, like I said, it's in a free league. My money leagues are not like that. I don't think anybody you, would. So you wouldn't support league. it if it were a money league? No, I wouldn't support it if okay. it was a money league. Good. You buried the lead there. Like, if you started by saying, I would only do this in free leagues, I mean, I wouldn't do I it anyway. I just wanted to see how ramped up I could get you. because You got me ramped up because that's a stupid rule. It's terrible. In fantasy baseball, there are a zillion games. And, every, and, and in a lot of leagues, people have access to their rosters every day. So I kind of get it if you want to control it a little bit. But in football, dude, we're so limited. I just feel like you can't do that to somebody. Well, I mean, you got six questionable guys, and the season's on the line. You need to win to make your playoffs. I can't replace. I three would contest that something went horribly awry earlier in the year. If you're banking on six dudes that may not play, I'm not banking. It's football. Injuries happen frequently. I get it. 
I know. Guy, like, guy can get a stinger in practice, and all of a sudden he's very questionable. It's the same argument that the guy missing the that the kicker missing the field goal at the last game of the season didn't cost you the playoffs. It was the other eighty-two mistakes you made leading up to that that cost you the playoffs. Well, right? first of all, first of all, I'll drop this nugget on you. Don't play with kickers or team defenses. <gasps> no, I'm saying like in real life, like everybody that wants to blame right. kickers in week 18, they shank a kick. John Carpenter misses an extra point when the well, Saints were one Your back. quarterback had six interceptions three weeks ago. Why is it not on that guy three weeks ago? Like, You're right. You're right about that. I just, again, I, I, I just don't see how not being able to on Sunday pick up players is just, Wow, that you you did that that ramped me up, cells. That it's really fun to ramp Fenty up. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thank thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Man, I don't even need coffee. Oh, I love talking. See, this is what these conversations are fun. That's what makes it awesome. And look, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but don't do that, okay? <laughs> Just don't do it. See, if Sal said to me in free leagues, we're trying out this, you know, these new rules. We're trying a few. Okay. I understand, but if you're truly investing finances into these no. teams, you can't do that. I'm using my free leagues like baseball uses the independent league, where it just tests a bunch of rules like a pitch clock and and everything. To quote, Bring- to quote Mike Singletary, can't do it. Just okay, can't hold on. Do it. Which, if I gave you a choice, you could either have you you have to have one of these. You have to have divisions. Or you have to not be able to pick up players after inactives. One of those two has to happen in your league. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, I'd have oh, divisions are just so <laughs> stupid. It would be the divisions. It would be the no divisions. I I it, that I would literally sit there with my team half inactive. So I, instead of playing in divisions in your warped, stupid world. Seriously, I'm starting to wonder if these Omaha stakes that I have are good now based off some of these opinions regarding the rules that they sell. Okay, now you're making me nervous about those scalloped potatoes, brother. Scalloped right? potatoes are, are phenomenal. I just like but to play are the they, these. Are they good or are you, yes. you, you try to ramp me up for that too? Listen, my, father and, my father-in-law and I disagree about basically everything except for how good these scalloped potatoes are from Omaha Steaks. Oh. Can't freaking wait! I'm so excited. It's weird. Oh, wow, you fancy you really get that excited over over barbecuing a meat? Yes, I do because my life is pathetic. It's not, but it's still it, it's what excites me. Same with fantasy football as well. We're gonna do part two of league rules when Ryan Hallam, the Italian, finally returns. He he might not want to after hearing this episode. I can only imagine what he would think of that kind of rule. And again, it, please let us know the wacky, wild, unique rules that are in your fantasy football leagues as well. We'll bring them to the table. Oh, I've heard some odd ones on Twitter. I've heard some, some definitely some odd ones brought up. Yeah. I'll give you one quick one. This one's from my cousin over here. He messaged me the other day and he's like, Hey, we're at my league mates and I are in a battle with our commissioner to change this. He wanted to do in a, 10-team league, he wanted to do two quarterbacks and a super flex also. (laughs) I'm sorry. He wanted to do one starting quarterback and two super flex spots. In a 10-team league? 
Yes, that's what he wanted to do. Now, I mean, could you do that theoretically? Yes, but I wouldn't enjoy that, man. It's too much weight on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I'm a no on that. Here's, here's the question. At what point does it become viable to play any other position other than quarterback in the second super flex? Because if you play, if everybody plays three quarterbacks, you're using 30 of the 32 quarterbacks, right? <laughs> so here's the question. At what point in the quarterback tier does it become more viable to play like the 60th wide receiver over like the 18th quarterback <laughs> right it's like baker mayfield or russell gage <laughs> i mean that's basically what you're setting up right like that's that's wild like i'm like dude you got to get rid of that i either do just do one in one don't make it any more complicated. Just do one and one. It, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with a 10-team super flex, right? Like, I'm fine, but not two super flex spots. Oh, no, it, that, that's where we're putting too much weight on the QBs. And I, I like actually having a bit of a player pool. That's one thing I've learned from doing leagues with three flex spots when you're dealing with 12 or even 14 teams then waivers is really nothing. And I like waivers being a component of my leagues. But we're going to do part two. And I have a feeling it's going to end up being part three of fantasy football league rules. What we like, what we don't like. But let's go to the family table cells because besides all that barbecue and fantasy football league setup madness talk we've just done on family times, what are you bringing to the table? What I'm bringing to the table is a fantasy baseball stat that I have seen used quite a lot in the last year and a half since somebody decided to create this stat and then try to correlate it to ERA to prove that it's a valuable stat when it's actually not. The stat I'm talking about is CSW percentage. If you don't know what that stands for, it's cold strikes plus whiff percentage, right? It's basically the percentage of balls that this that the pitcher throws that are either swung and missed at or called strikes, okay? So fouls don't count, and anything that produces a strike that's not a called strike or a straight-up whiff doesn't count, okay? And their point was that the guys with the highest CSW rate will statistically have the best ERAs, except it's a crap-tastic stat. You want to know why? Whiff rate is fine. Have no problem with whiff rate. It's the pitcher's ability to miss bats. Perfectly fine, right? Called strike rate is a craptastic thing to include in the stat. You want to know why Doug Eddings is an ump? If anybody paid attention to the Blue Jays game a couple of nights ago, it was so bad, Toronto's hitting coach got ejected the next night before the game even started because he was still complaining about the strike zone from the prior night. Doug Eddings missed, missed, at very least a third of the strikes, if not more. He had about a 50% chance of calling a ball a strike and the other way around. Okay? So in a, in a time in which umps are historically bad at calling proper strikes, why are we including that in a stat to prove, oh, this pitcher's great? No, right. this pitcher had a lineup of the most craptastic umps on the planet. 
Like, if you get a game called by Angel Hernandez at the plate, and then you get a game called by Doug Eddings at the plate, and then the rotation puts you back with Angel Hernandez, you're going to go to the top of the CSW chart because those two dudes are horrifyingly bad at calling strikes. So if anybody brings this stat up to me, I'm going to tell them to go look somewhere else because this stat is so flawed. It's unreal. It's different than ERA plus, right? Yeah, ERA plus is a measure of your ERA against league average across all eras of baseball. So ERA is flawed to a different degree because of errors and and shifts and subjective stuff. But why on earth are we arguing the same guy who – who is in favor of this stat is also arguing for robo-umps, by the way. (laughs) If you are arguing that the umps can no longer do their job and call balls and strikes effectively, why in the hell would you make a stat that includes umps calling balls and strikes effectively? It makes no sense. And I get there's an argument. Analytics, analytics. Esports about analytics. I get that there's an argument for pitch framing from the catcher and catchers can buy you strikes and and whatnot okay fine but a lot of the calls that i've seen this year are not bought strikes right they're just dudes missing i saw the nats lose a game in extra innings against the phillies like a week ago because reese hoskins walked on a pitch that was down the middle it's all over Twitter. You can go you you can go see the screenshot. Ball four was literally, literally dead middle, and the ump flat missed it. And that doesn't count as a called strike. It counts as a ball, even though it should have been a strike and should have ended the game. And we're counting that pitch in somebody's called strike and walk rate. Just yeah, you're right. And that's why you gotta be careful. And we did that episode. I thought that episode we did was one of the best ones we've done in a very long time. We were just complaining about analytics and which advanced stats we truly can focus on and which we shouldn't and the complexity that goes behind them. And that's that's one of those things right there. I mean, I saw one called strike that was way outside from Santiago Espinal about a week ago or something like that, maybe even from last weekend. It, it was right outside, low and outside. And he got called out and it was he looked right at the up. And I tried to do, I tried to put it on Instagram actually and put with the song of these eyes, like these eyes, because it's just these ups are all over the place. And it's one of those things where you can't be a hypocrite where on one hand you're saying, hey, robo umps, the other one, it's, hey, they're not calling the right balls and strikes. It's all just crazy and people are trying to make money. Yeah, and also, Julio, if you had a pitcher going against Julio Rodriguez, you'd get a whole boatload of free strikes because that guy gets more terrible third strike calls against him than anybody in baseball. It's yeah. Un- it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's just I – don't, I don't get it. I just – and it makes it more complicated, and that's why I question whether or not our audience truly wants – even the passionate fantasy baseball portion of the family, if they truly want – a lot of those analytics being thrown at them. And if they do, they do. That's fine. They understand it. But my my opinion with fantasy sports is if 
you don't understand the analysis and how to track the trends, then you're not going to win. And that's really sometimes you can get too complex with that. And especially when it doesn't take into consideration certain pitches like you're saying that should be called when they're not called. But I digress because I, for the family table, want to bring up something that's just very impressive. John Birdie, okay? John Birdie steals bases virtually these days. He steals bases just about every single day. Let, let, me, let me talk to you, Sells, about what John Birdie has done in June because you don't think of him that much as it's a fantasy aspect, but you should. You should because he steals a hell of a lot of bases. He gets on base, keeps the batting average balanced, and he scores runs. But this is John Birdie's June, okay? I'm going to go over stolen bases. Not base hits, stolen bases. Zero, two, zero, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero, one, 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 zero, two, one, three, a couple of zeros, then another stolen base, then zero, and then two more last night. This guy has virtually stolen, doing the quick math, about 17 of his 21 bases in the month of June. That's insane right there. And I just want you all to think about it. And if for some reason the NL and probably now major league leader in stolen bases is still on your waiver wire, stop working, tell your boss to hang on for a few minutes in a very professional way and pick him the hell up. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Every night I check the box score and it's like, Birdie stolen base. Birdie another one. But like, I, it's it's remarkable how many bags this guy is stealing and the consistency. And like everybody knows he's going to go this now, and they can't stop him. No, they can't. But I, you know, I was talking with Ronus about it because I always think stolen base props are kind of trap props because there's a lot that needs to go your way. I feel like to be in the position, unless there are pitchers that are just notorious that they could get run on very easily. Like John, John, used to be. John Birdie is just on another level, though. John Birdie is stealing virtually every game at this point. And I know the books are going to give us juicy odds, so we bet the over on it. And I know it's going to happen, Sells. He's going to steal a couple of games in a row where he has two, and then he's going to go zero when I bet on it, because that's how it works. Don't bet stolen bases when they're playing Yadier Molina. Right. Nobody Yadier. runs on Yadier Molina. No, but when when Paul Duca and Mike Piazza were playing, you're good there. You're good there. Yeah. Can, you, can you run on Travis Darno? I forget. I thought I think you can run on Travis Darno. I think you can. It's mainly about pop time with pitchers, right? Right. So like that's or if they throw over. Like John Lester used to never throw over, so you could run on Lester. Like what about Noah Syndergaard? Wasn't he bad at it too? Yeah, he just figured that his stuff was so good that he'd swing and miss, and then he wouldn't have to care what the base runner did. Right. But, like, that's John, not really how it works. Yeah, John Birdie, just very impressive. And, again, I know that at one point he was tied with someone else for – it might have been Mateo, might have been someone else for stolen bases in the AL. I knew he led the NL, but now he definitely leads the majors in stolen bases. He's got 21 on the season, most of which have been in June, and we're not even done with the month yet. So just think about that for a minute. This guy's got tremendous value. And as Adam Rohn has pointed out on Fantasy Alarm in-game on Sirius XM the other night, he said that in his Roto League, John Birdie alone lifted him from being last in the category 
to now going from getting one point to like four and a half by himself. That's impressive right there. Yep. Give Matt Sells a follow on Twitter at the Sellsman. Give me a follow on Twitter at Fenske Sports. Ryan Hallam should be back. We'll see if he's digested enough from all the pizza and pasta that he was eating for the previous few weeks here when he was in Italy. But a vacation definitely well-deserved. We're going to do part two of fantasy football league rules and formats so we can help you set up leagues properly and not miss a beat when it comes to anything that could screw up your league. It's family times, a family that sticks together, wins together.